When your child comes out as LGBTQ, you need a place to find the right tools to help you and your child thrive. This is the podcast you need. Hi, my name is Jenny Hunter, and I am an advanced certified faith-based family coach. And I have coached over 10,000 hours helping families with LGBTQ children become healthy, thriving families. Thank you for being here today. I am so glad and so thankful you are here. I have been coaching all morning and I got to tell you, I don't think I could say this enough how much I love my clients. Um, you know, when you become a coach for a client, um, you do just create this relationship that is this beautiful friendship. Like I love all the, all the people I coach and I just honor them so much. And they are just fantastic people. And I get to know them and see them. And I'm just so thankful for it. Being a coach, I love being a coach. And um, I love, like many of my clients, I don't just coach them. I coach their husband, their children. And um, I just, I it's just such a privilege. So <laughs> I'm in a great mood because I love coaching. But also I'm in a great mood because <laughs> we had no school today. <laughs> I know I'll tell you a funny thing about where I live. I, you know, I live close to Tampa, Florida and strawberries are a big deal and where we are. Like there's fields and fields of strawberries. And I used to go pick um, strawberries with my kids when they were little. And now like on the roadside of our, like at this time of year, you could get like a double flat, like a huge flat of strawberries for $10, $20, depending on like the season. And our strawberry season starts from December to March. And today the kids are off for strawberry festival. We literally have a festival in Plant City where like country singers come and it's a fair, it's super fun. And we're not going to it to this year, but it is something for you to add to your list to come and do one year. Don't just go to Disney. There's many amazing things about Florida that has nothing to do with amusement parks. In fact, I dare to say that the most amazing things about Florida has nothing to do with amusement parks, honestly. So just a side note that, um, Chamber of Commerce for from Jenny today for you, but that is not what I'm going to be telling you about. Today, I'm going to talk about something that is really near and dear to my heart because I have personally gone through this and a lot of my clients, um, I would dare say probably maybe 80% of my clients have gone through this emotion and this um, circumstance um, of when church starts to feel hard. Um, and when I say this is like, what this means is like, normally, especially in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, church is usually a place of great joy, right? And it's a place that brings comfort and a place that um, really is our community and it really adds to our life. And what I found and what a lot of my clients have found is that when their children come out as LGBTQ, um, it is a place that starts to feel hard. And why that is, is because usually you're thinking things differently. You're seeing things a little bit differently because you now have this personal knowledge of somebody you love who is queer and who is going through a lot of things. And so things from the pulpit, things you read, they feel a little bit dangerous, right? And they set you off a little bit from, it, it feels like, like a dangerous place. And this is a horrible feeling to go through. Um, but 
what I want you to know is like, nothing's gone wrong if you're feeling this way. In fact, um, you know, when I was at this um, coaching conference and another LGBTQ mom came up to me and she said, I just don't understand. You don't, you don't seem like church is hard for you at all. Like you just don't feel like you're missing a beat. And, and I said to her, you know, honestly, I think church is hard for everybody. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't think moms of LGBTQ children are, are, and dads are that special. I actually think everybody at some point in their life has something that makes church feel hard. And it's hard when this does this because this is usually a place of comfort, right? And so you sometimes make it mean that you're not being faithful enough and that this isn't a place for you. You know, you might have thoughts like, can I still attend here? Um, why do I feel so different? You know, like what's going on? And you're, you start looking for evidence of like, maybe these are not my people. And so I have a firm, like, I can't tell you what's best for you. And in fact, um, I've had some clients who have left our church and other churches and I have full respect for them. And I know that they're still on their journey with the Lord and that they will figure it out. And that, that at that time was the best decision for them. And I can't condone it or not condone it. It is none of my business, how other people want to, um, create and be in relationship with God. Okay. So that's not my job as a coach is to keep you in church, but my job is if you want to stay in church, how, or if you want to leave, how you want to feel about it and kind of manage your thoughts around it. And I found this poem by, um, a Freeland and it's about church's heart. And, um, he, he is not LDS. He's just talking about any church, but I read it and I was like, oh, this is so true. So I want to read this poem to you. So you kind of have perfect perspective of it because I think the number one thing to do when church is hard is this, is to normalize it, is to realize you're not the only one sitting in the pew thinking this is hard, thinking that you're not getting as much comfort as before, thinking that if you were more worthy or more faithful, church wouldn't feel hard. It really has nothing to do it. I think having church feel hard is part of our faith journey. And so this poem just really like spoke to me. So I'm going to read it to you. He said, church is hard for the person walking through the doors, afraid of judgment. Church is hard for the bishop's family under the microscope of the entire body. Church is hard for the prodigal soul returning home, broken and battered by the world. Church is hard for the girl who looks like she has it all together, but doesn't. Church is hard for the couple who fought the entire ride to church. Church is hard for the single mom surrounded by couples holding hands and seemingly perfect families. Church is hard for the widow and the widower with no invitation to lunch after church. Church is hard for the elder or the deacon with a estranged child. Church is hard for the person singing worship songs overwhelmed by the weight of the lyrics. Church is hard for the man insecure in his role as a leader. Church is hard for the wife who longs to be led by a righteous man. Church is hard for the single woman and single men praying God brings them a mate. Church is hard for the teenage girl wearing a scarlet letter ashamed of her mistakes. Church is hard for the sinners. Church is hard for me. It's hard because on the outside, it all looks shiny and perfect. Sunday best and behavior and dress. However, underneath those layers, you find a body of imperfect people, carnal souls, selfish motives. But here is the beauty of church. Church isn't a building, a mentality or expectation. Church is a body. 
Church is a group of sinners saved by grace, living in fellowship as saints. Church is a body of believers bound as brothers and sisters by an eternal love. Church is a refuge for broken hearts and a training ground for mighty warriors. Church is a converging of confrontation and invitation where sin is confronted and hearts are invited to seek restoration. Church is a lesson in faith and trust. Church is a bearer of burdens and giver of hope. Church is a family, a family coming together, setting aside differences, forgetting past mistakes, rejoicing in the smallest of victories. Church, the body, and the circle of sinners turned saints is where he resides, and if we ask, he is faithful to come. So even on the hard days at church, the days when I am at odds with a friend, when I've walked in bearing burdens heavier than my heart can handle, yet masking the pain with a smile on my face, when I've worn the pressures of the world under the microscope, when I've longed for a baby to hold or fought tears as the lyrics were sung, when I walked back in afraid and broken after walking away, I'll remember he has never failed to meet me there. I just, that just resonate with me so much um, because it really makes me understand and remember that I'm, when it feels hard for me, when sitting in the pews makes, I feel alone or I feel misunderstood, or I feel that my my congregation doesn't see my family or its needs, that there are other people feeling that way. So my first tip for you is if church is feeling hard, you're not alone. You are surrounded by people going through their own battles and having um, a LGBTQ child definitely makes it feel hard. And I want to know, I see you and I have felt the pain and there is definitely things that, um, does not feel the same, but realizing that everybody kind of has a vehicle of heart there. So that is my first step is to normalize the heart, normalize like this is part of my faith progression. Because what I feel like and what it did for me and for most of my clients is when church started to feel hard, that was actually opportunity. That was opportunity for me to start paying attention. And so that's my second step for you is to really start paying attention to why you go to church. Because a lot of why I was going to church was honestly habit and it was culture for me and just this is how I lived my life. And so I wasn't always an active participant in my church going. I wasn't always the one going there to worship the Lord. I was a lot of times going because this is what I did growing up and this is what I did for my family. And I believe like good fruits were coming from it. And it was kind of autopilot. And so I didn't have to really be careful of how I was thinking, how I was talking, how I was connecting. It just was easy. And so when it became uneasy, I had to start paying attention. And, you know, I think that was a gift for me now because when I, when it became feeling hard, it made me kind of be more in charge of my worship and my relationship with the Lord. When it wouldn't come as easy and made me realize, oh, this is um, opportunity for me to grow myself up kind of religiously, right? So I just started paying attention. And when I say paying attention, I was realizing like, oh, that remark from that man from the pulpit felt hurtful, but it felt hurtful because of the story I'm putting around it. Okay. So paying attention, I want you to realize like your 
experience at church, you create. You are the creator of how you feel at church. So other people weren't making it hard for me. It was my thoughts around and my judgment around what people were doing and saying. Okay. And so I just want you to be aware. The second thing, right, is like normalize that it's hard for everybody. The second thing is paying attention of like, I am creating my experience at church. And I don't want you to do anything yet. I just want you to pay attention going in and be like, it feels hard. It feels, I have anxiety because of why, right? And when it feels kind of unsafe for you or the anxiety, it's like your brain is seeing danger. It's like a non-conscious perception of a threat, like a sense of safety has disappeared and you might feel anxious while you're there. And why? Because your body like has this amazing vagus nerve, which runs down through your brainstem to your face, throat, heart, and down to your gut. Okay. And this nerve asks one question, am I safe? And its default mode is if it's feeling hard and feeling unsafe, your brain's saying there's danger here. And it might be because you feel like your child feels unsafe. And there's things that people have said to you that feel unsafe. And then your vagus nerve is on higher alert. And when your vagus nerve is on high alert, you respond automatically. Like your body is made, our bodies are so amazing. They are made to respond very consciously thought, very friendly activity of like the FFF, the fright, flee, freeze, or fawn, right? Is where you're like, it's, you're, you're either want to leave the situation, you want to fight the situation, or you feel numb or immobile or flee is like, you want to make other people feel better around you. if You think you're making them feel uncomfortable, right? Or it could be a combination of these. And does it sound familiar to you? Like, have you felt like you've been triggered with anxiety at church? And I don't want you to make it mean if you have that you're being unfaithful, that you're doing it wrong, because that is what I made it mean. And most of my clients did. And that's not what God wants you to feel. I firmly believe that. Like that is, I think God is saying to us, pay attention. That's what I am now making it mean. And so once you pay attention, the second thing is I want you just to like get better at, I'm going to be very simple here, just breathing just breathing through the heart while you're being aware of it. Um, I can't tell you how important it is to breathe and develop a sense of that emotional safety in the midst of when you're feeling triggered. Like you probably don't even notice, but you hold your breath when you're like startled or tense and to develop a practice of like, okay, I just need to breathe right now and to be present and to expand that breath in the rib cage, slowly excel. You're going to feel your body soften keep your mind focused on your breathing. You can also like pair like uh, scripture with it. Uh, you know, just something that calms you and just take like when you're feeling really triggered, honestly, I just want you to be aware, like, okay, I am, I am the one triggering this and I'm just going to breathe. All right. I'm just going to let it be hard. You know, um, I often have clients who are like, okay, well, Jenny, I want to get out of the heart and I want you to get out of the heart. But until we just let it be hard, we can't get out of the heart. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but that is the third thing is you've got to breathe and let it be hard. And when I'm saying let it be hard, I'm just saying, let's just process the heart. Let's not make the hard, make it mean something wrong about you, something wrong about your congregation. I just want you to be like, okay, it is hard. This feels hard. This feels uncomfortable. This kind of sucks right now. And I'm just going to let it feel uncomfortable. And how I do that is I just let that emotion come in. I'm like, Sitting there, somebody says something and I'm like, oh, this feels hard. I feel triggered. 
I breathe and I just kind of name, like, where does it feel tight in my body? I just get more in my body with it. And I don't make it mean anything about them, anything about me. I'm just like, okay, everybody, it feels hard for everybody at some point. And this is my time to make it feel hard. And when we stop making the hard a problem and we literally just process that anxiety we're feeling or whatever emotion we're feeling there, that's where we have authority over it. And that's where we finally get some relief from it. But most of my clients come to me where they try to make the hard um, go away or they ignore, they've ignored it, or um, they make it mean like something's wrong with the church or something's wrong with them. Okay. And we're just, you know, imperfect people, right? I love, I think President Holland said like um, how frustrating it must be for um, Elder Holland said this of um, the Lord where all he has is to work with is with imperfect people. And in any congregation, right? We're all just human beings doing the best we can, but that means it's going to get messy sometimes and it's going to be hard. And so if you're feeling hard, like it's uncomfortable at church right now, pay attention that you are actually creating it. And that's not means you're doing it wrong. It's just like, of course, like it's okay. Like, I don't think sometimes we want it to change our thought or think like when people say something unkind to us that we want it to feel easy. Like it's okay to feel hard. Just focus on your breath, notice it and just kind of breathe into it. Okay. And once you really notice it and you like sit quietly, you kind of in your breath, you in, in your body, you notice where your body's tensing up. You just kind of keep naming that emotion that's coming up. Then when you really feel that sense of your body and that emotion and a negative emotion, I think it's like nine to 12 seconds that that's like emotion is just a vibration in your body. Then you kind of get some authority of it. Okay. And, you know, I just was working with a client on this. And he, you know, like we, we recognized it and he's like, okay, Jenny, I'm really good at, you know, being there. I see it. I'm not making it a problem anymore. And now what to do. Okay. And this is where I like to create like a safety plan where I'm like, okay, if this feels hard, how do I want to show up in this? If somebody says something in a lesson or a comment, do I want to respond? Do I feel like I can, um, um, stay in this class? Do I need to get up and leave? Like, I want you to create your own personal safety plan. And in that safety plan, you might feel differently every week and not make that a problem. You know, sometimes we are feeling a little more fragile. Other times we're feeling stronger. Like other times we're going to raise our hand and say, you know what? I see it a different way, right? If somebody says something that feels triggering for your family about LGBTQ, I love that saying of like, I understand what you're saying. And I, I could see how you could think that way. But because of my experience, can I share with you how I could see it a different way and just share a different way. And then other times we feel like we can't do that. Any of those responses is fine. The most important thing is for you to create how you're going to react and to know like you are an adult, right? You get to choose how you show up because this isn't, I'm not talking about your children. That's a whole nother podcast of like, if it's hard for your children, this is for you as the adult, you choosing to go to church, you choosing to make this congregation, have a safety plan. See, like, know, like whatever happens, you get to decide how you show up in it, that you have all the power because you don't want to feel like you have no power and that you are just a victim to everything that's going on. 
then that makes you feel powerless and that makes you a little victim. And that is not how the Lord wants you to show up. The Lord wants you to take care of yourself and your spirituality. And part of that is feeling emotionally safe, right? But your emotional safety doesn't come from other people. You have to create it from personally. And that is like creating a safety plan of like, okay, when this happens, or if somebody says something to me, how am I going to respond and just decide ahead of time, then you have the um, tools that when it happens, when you feel more triggered than normal, you have the ability to show up in that powerful way and be able to handle the hard and act in a way that protects yourself. Okay. It's nobody's job, but yourself to protect what you need. And nobody knows what you need, but you and be okay. Like, you know, I had one client who she said, you know, I sat in the car for an hour and I didn't make it mean like, you know, it was a problem that I was sitting there crying. I just let myself cry and I took care of myself. And that is what the safety plan is like, how am I going to take care of myself? So when you stop making it the bishop's responsibility or the elders quorum responsibility or the really site president, their responsibility to take care of you. And you take that as your job. You really do feel like I could handle the heart. Like you're not so much worried about, you're like, whatever happens, I got me. I promise you like that is so important. Okay. The fifth one is change what you can. And I love the serenity prayer, right? Where God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. And this is going to be different for everybody. This is like, sometimes you're going to have a conversation with the bishop. Sometimes you are not. Um, You will know, and I think you have to be very prayerful about this, of when you should approach things and be a voice that of change or address things or when you just let it go because you really think like even a conversation won't help, right? And so this is something that I really are very prayerful of, of like, how can I change? And you know what I found is when I focus on change what I can, what I needed to change was really my thoughts around other people. It was really my judgment around how other people, I thought other people should show up and what my expectations. and usually our expectations are out of whack with what people are able to do, or we want people to be different than they are. And when I really kind of worked on my thoughts around this, and this is what I help a lot of clients do, then that really empowered me to let go of it, like letting go of the rest, where I, when I stopped judging people with how they were showing up, and I really believe like, everybody's doing the best they can. If they have incapability to see my child and see the beauty of them or think differently or think it's a choice, I then was, my job was to work on loving that person where they're at and giving them another point of view. But it is, I firmly believe it's the Lord's job to change people's hearts, not mine. And my job is just to love people and to give them points of view and to share them my story, share them my truth and my vulnerabilities. Okay. So that is part of like changing what you can and work, work on letting go of the rest and how you work on letting go of the rest is you work on loving people where they're at. And that is magic, honestly, because when I stopped judging how people were showing up, church became a little bit less hard. And when it feels hard again, and I'm not saying this is a one-time stop, right? You go from easy to hard, hard comes and goes. When it comes again, it's usually my judgment and my expectations that I need to work on. Okay. The next one is examine your rituals. Um, this is what I was saying about opportunity. Like when church became hard, I really had to examine my worship rituals. How was I preparing to take the sacrament? 
How was I preparing to worship the Lord at church? Was I more focused on my friendships? Was that why I was going? Was I more focused on like doing my calling really well and, you know, impressing other people with my amazing lesson? Or was I focused on becoming, did those two hours provide me the opportunity to become closer to the Christ? However, I should. Whether I was teaching, whether I was speaking, whether I was doing nothing, like, was I using that as an opportunity to get closer to Christ? And I got to tell you, honestly, I wasn't in a lot of areas. And um, in fact, this year, I'm really focusing on um, preparing myself for the sacrament every week and to really invest time. So when I take the sacrament, I'm much more present. And I, yesterday, I was Sunday. And I was like, so overwhelmed with gratitude for the sacrament of what a miracle it was that every week I get to renew my covenants, my baptism covenants every week. And, you know, I'm 52. I've taken the sacrament for, you know, almost 50 years. And that like, like examining how I showed up in that ritual and taking responsibility for being more present, for being more of a connection to God, I can't tell you how powerful that is going to be for making you really stop thinking about everybody, what everybody's thinking and worrying about everything, all the miscellaneous. And it really makes you um, get the full experience out of church. That is what I've seen is like, I was living underneath my privileges because I wasn't examining my rituals. I wasn't examining how I showed up in the classes. Um, was I showing up with the right motivation. And so when it became hard, my motivation changed because I was like, if I need to, if I'm going to stay here, I have to make it worth my wild. And that's why I was almost grateful for the hard because making it worth my wild, meaning like I want to feel close to Christ every time I get in the car after the two hours. And that's what is I'm be becoming better at some weeks. I'm better than others, honestly, but I'm much more conscious of like, I'm the one who is putting in the work or not. It's nobody's responsibility, but mine. The next one is, I love this one is if it feels hard, serve someone else, find um, opportunity that you can um, serve other people. Like I, I think service is the, one of the most great emotional tools that we have. It does something to how we feel about us, the world, everything. Service is magic. And so is there a way that you can go to church and not focus so much on what you're feeling, but focus on who can I serve today? Who can I lighten the burden? And, you know, can I sit with a family that needs help? Can I look for somebody? Can I bring somebody to church? Can I text somebody and say, hey, can I sit with you at church? Um, can I sit with you in Sunday school? Can I do all these, you know, can I look outside of yourself, right? I think Christ was the king of outward versus inward. And he really taught us that even when he was under a huge amount of anxiety, whatever happened, like, you know, as soon as he finished the garden of Gethsemane, what did he do? Do he healed the ear that um, Peter cut off, right? He was always serving people, even in the heart. And that pattern will serve you and will get you your um, nervous system in a different way. It's just a real blessing. And, and, everybody has different skills and gifts. Like, like think of like, how can church be a place where I could bring joy to somebody else? So like take the word serve out and just say, how can I bring joy to somebody today? And when I'm like really more mindful of connecting and talking to people and making effort, and I have to be intentional because honestly, I'm the girl who is happy sitting there reading my scriptures, um, like maybe talking to one person. Like I don't, 
like I have to push myself to connect and to really like lift other people's burdens. Um, but when I do that, I am happier. I am leave that more connected to God, to myself and to other people, but I have to be intentional about it because that is not me automatically. Some people it's very automatic, but I have to be really like, who can I serve today and pray about that and look for those opportunities. Okay. And my last thing to leave you with is really, I want you just to focus and ask yourself, what is God is, is what is God trying to teach me? I over and over, like I see when things become different, when I'm feeling negative emotions, when um, things are not as easy as they used to be, I feel like God is trying to teach me something and I want to learn it and I want to pay attention. And so I love the scripture in second Nephi two, two, when Lehi teaches his son, Jacob, and he says, thou knowest the greatness of God and he shall consecrate thine afflictions for thy gain. So if church is feeling hard, that is affliction. And how is God trying to consecrate that for your gain? Just asking your brain that question will open up your brain to seeing new possibilities and new meaning behind the heart. And it's going to take the focus off. You're doing it wrong. You're showing up wrong. You're not being faithful. It's going to the point of like, the Lord teaches me in the heart. The Lord is trying to get me to another level of relationship with him. So how do I need to show up? At, what is what is the Lord, right? It might, you might have a um, leader right now that you're not getting along with and you're not feeling seen with. Like, what is the Lord trying to teach you? How can you take care of yourself? What shows like love for you and for them and take more responsibility, like let, letting go with what you can, right? Focus on what you can change and what you can't change. Um, examine your rituals. Like, how are you um, getting close to the Lord in the normal things we're doing every week? see who, what joy you could bring to other people and look for the lesson. Okay. These, all of these steps are, um, like I said, they're not, um, step, 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 step. Like these are just tools. One or two of them try to use, um, don't make it a problem that it's hard. Realize that you are surrounded by people that it's feeling hard. It is my father used to say the church is a hospital. It's for sick people, right? The Lord even said, I didn't come here for the um, healthy. I came here for the sick. We are all sick people sitting in those pews, having the human experience, which is really hard. And I want to leave you with this, um, quote that, um, elder Utorf said in this talk to, um, talking about to those who leave. And I think this is such a beautiful quote that he said. He said, the search for truth has led millions of people to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So put, if you don't go to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, put it in your church, right? However, there are some who leave the church that once loved. We might ask, if this gospel is so wonderful, why would anyone leave? Sometimes we assume it is because they have never been offended or lazy or sinful. Oh, sorry. Sometimes we assume it is because they have been offended or lazy or sinful. Actually, it is not that simple. In fact, there is not just one reason that applies to the variety of situations. Some of our dear members struggle for years with a question whether they should separate themselves from the church. In this church that honors personal agency so strongly that was restored by a young man who asked questions and sought answers. We respect those who honestly search for truth and may break our hearts when their journey takes them away from the church. We love and the, the church we love and the truth we have found. 
but we honor their right, their right to worship Almighty God according to the dictates of their own conscience, just as we claim that privilege for ourselves. So I want you to know that I honor the right for you to worship the Almighty God according to your own conscience, because I am trying to do that for myself. You are filled with people trying to do that. So be careful of how we are judging other people and how you are thinking about how they are worshiping God. And that includes with your LGBTQ children, because 90%, I think it's 95% actually, of children who come out of LGBTQ leave the church. And this brings a lot of pain. And I know I've done a lot of podcasts of helping you through that. But I love this quote from Elder Oakdorf because it really does tell us like, where our lane is, like stay in your lane. Um, I, there's three businesses. It's um, God's business, your business, and their business. And how people show up at church, don't go to church, do go to church. It is their business and that's between there and God. And how you show up and how you worship is between you and God. And so I always remind myself, Jenny, it's none of your business, right? This is your business. And that helps me from feeling so much judgment. So I want you to know that I love you. And I know that in the past, you might've thought like, if I was more faithful, if I had a better relationship with God, church would feel amazing. It is, doesn't always feel amazing. And that is normal. Okay. So normalize it, pay attention when it's feeling hard. Like, no, like you're be aware of like, you're creating that. And that that's not a problem. That's normal. But like being aware of that gives you authority and it gives you the opportunity to then create something different. Let it be hard, process the hard, um, create that safety plan of like, when this, this happens, how am I going to show up? What am I going to do? How am I going to take care of myself? Cause it's my job to take care of myself, change what you can let go of what you can't examine your rituals, right? Examine how you're showing up the two hours. What are you putting in to create a better relationship with God at the end of the two hours, see how you could bring joy to somebody else and look for what God is trying to teach you. These are all going to be amazing tools because I want you to know that I have worked with so many people getting them through this. And like I said, it's not lineal. It, it comes up again, but what it does is you build your um, spiritual resiliency, your emotional resiliency at church. And then actually the heart I promise you for me, it brought me into another layer of faith and that church is, it feels very different from it did before my child came out. It feels actually, it is more balm for my soul than it's ever been. And nothing's changed. People still say stupid things. People still say hurtful things, but my ability to show up in it and my responsibility I'm taking helps me really create this level of relationship with Christ that I've never had before that I, um, it brings me so much more joy church does honestly, and it's still hard, but the joy is, is more great. That's what I want you to know. So if you need help with this, sign up a call for me. I'm happy, um, to work with you and to help you through this because I want you to have the best experience you can and the best relationship with Christ you can, because that is only going, only going to help you and you being a parent and your life and your family and bring more good into the world. And that's what it's all about. Making healthy, making families thrive. That is my mission in life. All right. I love you. Have a great day. Thank you for being here. Where have you found the support that your family needs? I would be honored to be that support. I have created a virtual coaching program specifically for Christian LGBTQ families. Come check out the coaching community, Lifted Together with Jenny Hunter. 
In our community, you will find a safe space to process all the emotions and all the things that you need to find the support that you will need to help your child thrive. You will find it in private coaching, group coaching, and I have created hours of content just for you. When you are ready to thrive as a family, please come check out liftedtogether.com slash membership.